We are in this series called Who Do You Think You Are? And um, again, it's been our prayer that as we go through this, that you guys, uh, maybe you're not a Christ follower, maybe you're not a child of God yet, but God has been leaning on you through His Spirit. And He's saying, I want you to be a part of my family. I, you know, I don't want you to be my enemy. I don't want you to be estranged from me. I want you to be part of what, I, because I love you so much, I want you to be a part of me. And, and He's provided this incredible, this, this way to be a part of His family and have relationship with Him through His Son, Jesus Christ. And so we um, pray that as we've been in Ephesians, that you have, um, we pray that as we've been in this book of Ephesians, you begin to really see how much God loves us with this unconditional love and how he, as Paul articulates it, how he showers these blessings upon us. When we don't deserve them whatsoever, he exponentially blesses us and just just showers us because he loves us so much and that's what he does for the people that he loves and, and the people that are part of his family his children if you're you know if you're in here this morning and you're a Christ follower you're a disciple of Jesus you're a co-heir with Jesus Christ and you're beginning you're kind of getting this uh, maybe this morning you're sitting in here and you just don't fully grasp it cognitively yeah i get it cognitively i understand it but when it comes down to the heart the, the just grab grabbing and captivating your heart, there still may be a little bit of a disconnect. And maybe through this whole series, your, your, your eyes are being opened and your ears are, uh, your, your ears are being opened as well. You're, you're starting to be able to see and hear things that you've never heard and seen before because the Spirit of God is, uh, you're, you're, you're um, surrendering more of your will to Him. And so we pray that that is what takes place because it's just so powerful when we understand our place and our identity in Jesus Christ. We begin to get that my worth and all is in Him. And so uh, this morning we're going to touch on adoption. Now, we talked about this um, when we first started into this series, but there's a couple more things I want to share with you about adoption. And we have a powerful video that I want to show you. And it, this video that you're going to see is from the earthly perspective and how much it has drastically impacted um, children that have been adopted into a family. And, and, and from an earthly perspective, how much it's uh, just changed their lives. And, and how much more, this video won't, won't do this, but I wanted to use it as a, as a discussion point to, to launch us into how much more, um, the heavenly perspective is of being adopted into, into God's family. And so if you would, before you see that video, I'm gonna share with you, I'm gonna read with you, uh, in Ephesians. So if you would grab your Bibles and turn, uh, to Ephesians chapter 5. If you didn't, if you didn't bring your Bibles, please lean forward, grab the one out of the back of the pew, and follow along with me. And essentially what Paul's doing in chapter 5, he's, he's, he's describing two different identities. He's saying you are, because you've been adopted into this family, you have a new identity. And this is no longer you. And he talks about it. And he's saying, and because you've been adopted into this family, this new family, live in the identity of this new family. And, and that's what really it speaks to us to say, this is who we are and we're not this person anymore. We may struggle with it at times, but it, does, it doesn't identify us or it shouldn't identify us. And so in chapter 5, verse 1, he says this, Follow God's example. Why? Therefore, because you're dearly loved children. You're part of his family. And walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a significant or as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, there must not be even a hint 
of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person as an idolater, has an inheritance in the kingdom of God and of God. Or, I'm sorry, inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them, for you were once darkness but now you are light in the lord live as children of light for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness righteousness and truth and find out what pleases the lord have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness but rather expose them it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret but everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes a light this is why it is said wake up sleeper rise from the dead and christ will shine on you be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You and I live in a culture today, a society, where it says, whatever you are, that's who you are. We live in a culture where uh, moral absolutes are being eradicated. They're, they're eradicated. They're being erased away. And what we're sa- what the, what the world is telling us is saying that well, this is who you are, and that's okay. Just be who you are. It's very interesting, though, that when we read the scriptures, when we read the Bible, Paul's saying something completely different. Paul's saying that's not who you are. That's your old self. You are now someone different. Those of you that have accepted the gift, the grace of salvation, you are a child of God. Therefore, don't live like this any longer. Live in the new life. Find out what pleases God and do those things through the power of His Holy Spirit. Paul says, don't get confused. Don't get deceived. That's what happens in our world today sometimes when we watch the news. We read articles. We read magazines, newspapers. We see laws and legislations and things like that that become changed. And that that moral code, that absolute, becomes erased and pushed. And and it becomes redefined. And as we look at it through... And then we at times we can get caught up in it. Guys, I can't stress enough that we have the truth. We cannot... We cannot go from the truth. We have to look at everything as a child of God through the lenses of truth, through His Scripture, through His Word. And it challenges what we live in and what we're exposed to. And so when we look at our lives and we question certain things and we say, well, is it okay for me to live like this or live like that? Or is this who I am? Is this not who I am? Paul makes it very clear through, his, through the Word of Jesus that, of who we are. Don't get deceived. Don't get caught up in hollow and deceptive philosophies. Don't buy into the fact that this was written thousands of years ago and it doesn't apply to us. You're going to be in for a rude awakening if you continue down a path like that. Now, I'm, I'm preaching pretty hard because, again, we live in a society where everything's okay. Everything is not okay. Now, 
Are there things that are written in context to certain things that happen? Yes. But that's where we study the Word of God and we understand what the absolutes are and what the ones may have been specifically written to them. But let's not eradicate and erase and push and get caught up in human philosophies and become deceived. Those of us that have placed our lives and if we've accepted the free... Let me, let me back out of this and say this. Those of us that have taken the heed of Jesus, that have taken the words of the gospel where he says you need to consider this decision that you're making. You need to really consider it. Because if you follow me, you're going to, you're going to have to abandon everything else. You're going to have to crucify the self. You're going to have to take everything else and shove it to the back because I am going to be the one that's the director of your life. Those of us that have said, yes, that is what I'm doing. And we're saying we're not only trusting Jesus with our, with our salvation, but we're trusting him with our whole lives. We have it spelled out that we are new creations. Okay? We are, we have a new identity in Jesus Christ. We've been adopted into his family. Therefore, what characterizes us is vastly different than what characterizes the, the world. Okay? Now, today we're going to talk a little bit more about this, but I want to show you this powerful video. I know that this isn't news to you, but I'm a feeler. I'm, my sense is I sense the world. I kind of interpret the world through uh, feelings a lot. I'm very much a feeler. I've watched this video two or three times, and every time I watch it, I get kind of emotional with it. And I'm sure that maybe you will too. Uh, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to lean into this video. I want you to listen to it. I want you to grab the message that this video is, is, um, is articulating. And I want to say this too. This video is from a worldly perspective. And, and, and like I said, it, it, um, it communicates how much life has been changed just from a humanly concept of adoption. Does that make sense? And how these kids have been drastically changed just from that. And, and I want us to expand that out to say how much more could have take place from a heavenly spiritual concept as we have been adopted in to God's family. And we have been redefined. So please, take a look at this video, lean into it, and then we're going to have a few, I want to share with you a few thoughts uh, on the back side of that. So if you want to go ahead and run that. My favorite quote of all time was our furnace repair man comes into the house, stops dead in his tracks, and says, this looks like some kind of United Nations meeting. Bangalore, India. Connecticut. And I was born in Romania. Ethiopia. Which is in Africa. And China. <laughs> Sharon is the gas pedal and I am the brakes. Over and over she'll say, I found this child who needs X and Y and Z and all we'd have to do is fly over the ocean, get funding, connect this dot to here and it'd be done. We're such victims of our culture because our culture tells us your kids have to look perfect and be in all the perfect schools and you can't do that with a big family but if you just concentrate on what's important the rest will follow. People discouraged us. They thought we were going to ruin our lives by taking all these special kids and they said you don't know what to do. And it's true that we had no experience and we didn't really know how to raise them, but you, you see what happens with unconditional love. You give a person unconditional love and they, they blossom. Got 
I feel like having these kids has really helped us find our life, find our meaning, find our purpose. It took me decades to figure this out, but there's no physical thing that you can buy that's actually going to give you true peace and happiness. And the pure joy that will come from a, a rescue and a ransom of a child's life is probably the most satisfying thing you can imagine. We talk about adoption. We tell them they're adopted and we kind of tell them, you know, being born into a family, you don't even decide that. It kind of happens biologically, but when you're adopted, your parents looked out at the whole world and picked you. You think that they don't really know the gravity of them being rescued or saved. Then you'll see them in an external setting, like one of them is in front of 300 people last Friday night, and he tells people that he probably wouldn't be alive if he hadn't been adopted by his family. Those are the, like the goosebump moments when you go, he's got it. At the time when I was born, um, when you were when you were born with a, a deformity, quote quote, it um, it was considered a curse by God. I was um, kind of distanced and not treated right, and kind of not really getting any care that a normal baby should, which is why when I was one and a half years old, I weighed nine pounds. It was rough in the, in the first year of my life, but I lived. But no matter where you were before, it's like where you can be now, your past doesn't define that. This family has proven that. And it's just like you have a dying boy from Romania or starving kids from Africa, and you bring them to a, a place where they can be, I guess, human to the fullest, and that, that's, that's a generous generous thing. Family is everything. Family's fun. <laughs> Interesting. This family is just people you can be a fool around and they'll still love you. Awesome. No, should I do the Dennehy face? Family is something that I can count on.
family is adopted. Isn't that a powerful video? Just from a humanly perspective, how this concept of adoption has just radically changed the, the, the lives of these kids. I wonder what it would be like if you and I, and, and I don't know where you're at and you're thinking, I don't know how much you've embraced this, but I wonder what it would be like if we truly grasped that just like in that video, that's how we were viewed, that's how we were kind of viewed by God, that we were His enemies. That as God looked down, we were viewed and defined by our deformities. We were viewed and defined by, by our fallenness, our sinful nature. And instead of God just kind of excommunicating us or distancing Himself from us, out of this unconditional love, out of this ex- extravagant love, the essence of who He is, not that God loves, but God is love, out of His love He looked at us and all of our wretchedness, all of our deformities, all of our, our the, 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 being enemies of Him, He looks down and He says, I love you. And Paul, through Ephesians, over and over and over, through the sacrifice, through the death, the resurrection, Pentecost of Jesus Christ, we are, we are told what it's like to be part of God's family. As God looks at us and He loves us and He adopts us into His family, we are literally transformed into new creatures and new creations. In the adoption process, we went through this. I've shared this with you guys. Know some about our lives, Leslie and mine. We uh, were weren't able to have kids, and then we adopted three kids, and we're able to get pregnant right after that. God's sense of humor playing in there, obviously. But as we went through this process, and some of you have been through this process too, I know the Hudsons and and Sandy and some of the others of you sitting in here may have been in this process. Maybe you are a recipient of adoption. But as we went through this process, one of the things that happens when you adopt your children, there is a legal identity change in the name. They are no longer who they are or were. They are now someone different. They are now part of your family. So when we took our kids through this whole process, it came down to that last step where we stood before a judge and these kids were declared ours. Their identity had changed. Now that will probably send them through hours of therapy later on knowing that they are rubles now, which sounds funny altogether. I was, you know. But they're no longer who they used to be. They are now part of my family. I am their dad. Leslie is their mother. You see, that's what happens to us with Jesus Christ. When we surrender our lives, and guys, I really wish, you could, I hope that this message comes very loud and clear through. I wish we as a church, not just element, but we as the body of Christ, I wish Christians, I wish, uh, wish we people who claim to be followers of Christ would grasp this concept That it's not so much about trusting Jesus with just our salvation, but literally with our lives. We've been changed. We've been adopted into His family. For some of us, it feels like and it looks like, again, I'm a feeler. It feels like we look at this and we say, and we have this smug attitude like, 
Yeah, we're Christians now. What else is in it for me? Man, if we would just understand the deformity of what would have happened if God would have said, mm, yeah, no, I'm not choosing you. When it came to our kids, we more or less chose them. We could have said, no, we don't want them. But we chose them. Do you understand how powerful that is for someone that can't make that choice? For you that couldn't make that choice per se, where God looked down to you first and foremost and said, I choose you to be my son or my daughter. You don't have the power to make that choice. God had to do that first in order for you to be able to make a decision later. To follow Him or not follow Him. That is so powerful where God looks down and says, because of the death and resurrection of my son, I choose you as my daughter. I choose you as my son. I choose you to be a part of my family. That's heavy stuff. We're called Christians. Our identity has changed. We are now called Christians. Um, a, a term that was derogatory at first because it was like, well, there goes a little Christian, a little Christ, a little Jesus, because that's who they act like. I pray to God people can look, look at my life and say, there goes a little Jesus. There goes someone who's truly trying to follow Jesus. There goes someone who's truly immersed into Jesus and wants to give his life to Jesus. His identity has changed. He has been adopted into the family of Jesus Christ, into God's family. We bear his name. We are no longer, we no longer bear the name of the sons of disobedience, which Paul writes about in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 6. He says this. He says, the wrath of God the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. If we're not part of His family, we're considered sons of disobedience. We're no longer that, but later he writes in, in verse 8 of that same chapter, he says, we're called children of light. We're no longer sons and daughters of disobedience. We're called children of light, co-heirs with Jesus Christ, sons and daughters of God, dearly loved children. That is so powerful. I hope and pray that as we sit in here this morning that we grab a hold of that. That cognitively we just don't, yes, I've been adopted into the family of God. Yes, I'm saved. Yes, I'm going to heaven. No, it travels down into our hearts and our and into our spirits, into our total essence and our beings where we truly understand, I am no longer this, I am this. Because of God's love. And then I'm special. This doesn't define me. This defines me. I am a child of Jesus Christ. When we were going through the adoption process, uh, we did foster to adopt, and when we went through it, we had to go through. We had to get licensed. Um, go figure. You had to be licensed to to anyhow. We had to be licensed to adopt. And as we were going through this process, we had to go through some of the cl these classes. And so they tried to teach you and tell you some of the things that you would experience. And Leslie and I kind of look back sometimes and think, there's no way someone can teach you. And, I mean, you just don't have a clue at that point in time. But nevertheless, as we sat through there, through these classes, we were introduced to different concepts and things like that. Some of us have had uh, child psychology and stuff like that, and we kind of understand a certain degree of it, cognitively speaking. But we sat through classes, and they talked about things like detachment disorders, where kids, you will adopt a kid into your family, and because this kid has had... Um, maybe a tragic experience in their in the first few years of their lives or whatever, they have this this concept where they just can't attach. They won't attach because they're scared to. Maybe some of them don't cognitively say or out of determination say, I'm not getting attached. Or some of them may. 
But it's this instinct within them, probably a, kind of a survival instinct in a way, because they've had a situation within their lives where it was painful and it hurt. So in order to protect themselves, they back up and they say, you know what, I'm not going to attach myself. And it's like their last little piece of control, we were told. And so counselors and, and uh, caseworkers and, uh, will talk about this. They'll talk about children struggling with this attachment disorder. And they will, um, they will, sometimes they will have been used or abused or neglected or abandoned to the, to the, to the degree that the child the parents that love them, the new family that loves them, they're not sure it's going to endure, and so there's this self-preservation, this self-protection where the kid isn't very affectionate. They're not very attached to their family, and they stay very aloof. Here's the sad thing is, for some of us, as Christians, we have, a dis- we have attachment disorder. Instead of running to God, instead of running to Jesus through this, through His resurrection and through this, this powerful concept, this truth that we've been adopted into His family, we don't run to Him and just run to our daddy and say, embrace Him and just hug Him. It's like we, we step back and we say, whoa, hang on, I, I don't know about this. And it's like we camp out on the salvation part, but when it comes to that intimate, true relationship where we, where God so as a father, so wants to just grab us and hug us and say, you're mine. And I want you to experience what it means to have life in my family. We're like, no, I can't do that. For some of us, it's a, it, 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 it might be more of a struggle because here on earth we've had a father that uh, he loved us one day, he sexually abused us the next day. He loved us one day, he beat us the next day. Or this other just things that can happen within our family relationships here on earth. And so what we do, we take that and we transfer it to God. Some of you are sitting here this morning, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You struggle with that. Or God is saying, I'm not that type of father. I'm giving you a new identity and I just want to embrace you. I want you to call me daddy. I want you to just experience my love. And as we read through the book of Ephesians, all we see is a loving father, a loving daddy that says, I'm giving you this. I'm blessing you with this. This is who you are. This is your new identity. You're no longer sons of disobedience. You're no longer a daughter of disobedience, but you're a child of Christ. You're a child of God. You're in my family now. This doesn't define you. This defines you. This morning, I don't know where you may be on your spiritual journey. As the, as the worship team comes back, we're going to close with one last song. I don't know where you may be. You may be, uh, you may be sitting here this morning and you've never experienced the free gift of grace and salvation that God has through you, for you through His Son, Jesus Christ. Technically, you would be a child of disobedience and a son of disobedience. And if, and if you don't accept that free invitation of grace, you're going to be separated from Him from eternity. Which breaks the heart of God where God wants you to be a part of His family. Maybe you're sitting in here this morning and you haven't fully grasped that you're not a child of disobedience, but you're more a child of light. And you haven't grabbed a hold of that truth and you're still struggling with that truth. Maybe you're sitting in here this morning and you've grabbed a hold of that truth and you're sitting in here and you're celebrating because you know that you're a child of God and you know that that's what identifies you and you know that that's what you, when you are sitting in here, when you come, uh, especially on the weekends and things like that, it's all about just celebrating Him because you know everything you have you don't deserve and it's all just a beautiful blessing from God the Father. 
And so when you see this video, you really resonate with it because you understand that that's who you used to be, but now this is who you are, identified in Jesus Christ. I don't know where you are on that spectrum. I pray that if you're on the one end and you're celebrating here this morning, I just want to celebrate with you, but I also want to ask that you would please pray in your spirit as we close here today for others that are having a hard time accepting that truth or understanding that truth and living in that truth. But God has brought you into a family where you can have life and have it to the fullest. The Ephesians would have really understood this. Because in ancient Rome, when you were born into a family, you didn't, you, you stayed part of that family really until the father passed away. Meaning legal rights and all these other things. We don't understand that in our culture. Because usually around 18, 19, 20, man, we're making a beeline for the door, right? We want to become independent. We want to be our own. We've got, we've got a, our own life to make. And there's some health to that. But when he's writing to the Ephesians, they would have connected more with the ancient Rome way. And that was, they're part of this family until something happened. I think through all of Paul's writing, we get that clear sense, that judicial sense that says, Hey, this way's gone. You've died to this. This old system that has kept you in bondage, that wants to keep you in bondage, is gone. You're part of this over here. And so instead of being a part of the family of God and Americanizing and saying, I still want to have my freedom, I still want to have my independence, maybe today's the day we say, you know what? I don't want that. <laughs> I want to stay connected to the family of God. The Father that provides all this for me. The Father that's going to provide life and provide it to the fullest. I don't know where you are today, but I just pray that this message... Has, it was, it was, it was in, that you found it encouraging, that you found hope, that you found this sense of freedom, this sense of, I am a creation, a new creature in Jesus Christ. This isn't me anymore. This isn't what defines me. This is what defines me. And guys, just a quick little litmus test if you're wondering where you might be, I truly believe that the evidence of fully understanding your identity in Jesus Christ and you're part of His family is that the Holy Spirit is taking root in your life and producing the fruit in which Paul talks about, I believe in Galatians, where he says, he talks about peace and love and hope and all those things. If we're missing those characteristics, something's off. Something's off. And I'm not going to go as far as to say it's off with God. It's off with us. This is who you are. This is your new identity. This is what defines you. I pray that, again, that as we close with this last song, that you would just... Allow the Spirit of God to connect with yours. I pray that, it, guys, I pray that if this truth, you haven't embodied this and just really grabbed the hold of the concept that you 
are given this free gift of grace and salvation, and if you've grabbed a hold of it, you are a child of God. If this is something you struggle with and you just want to pray about it, I pray that this might be the day you say, you know what, I don't care what other people think. I want to pray with somebody. And maybe today you'll come and just pray with us. There's nothing magical that happens up front. Absolutely nothing. But there's something about praying with someone else for we can come along beside you and just pray. And just pray that God would help you fully grasp and understand this truth in your life. Maybe today's the day you're going to make that decision and become a child of God and accept this free gift of grace and salvation, this invitation to be a part of His family. What, what, whatever, however the Spirit may lead you, I pray that you just respond to, to Him and just be obedient to His following. Would you stand as I close with a word of prayer? And then we sing this one last song. Father, thank you so much for the truth that you have given us today. And and a truth that's not just given today, but was given so many thousands of years ago. A truth that was done on the cross. A truth that actually existed way before that. Father, as we live out this reality and live in the moment of this truth today in the year of 2014 I pray that we would be able to just grab a hold of it and allow it to define our lives and who we are. For those of us that call ourselves Christians I pray that it wouldn't just be something that we're doing but I pray that it's something that we're being and it's evidenced within our lives through the surrender of you, to, of your Holy Spirit to your Holy Spirit Father, for those that may be in here today and are yet to be a child of, of you, of yours, would you please just give them the courage to make that decision and to accept your free gift of grace and, and salvation and be a part of your family. Father, would you help the disillusionment, the deception to strip away, the scales to fall away? Would you allow their eyes to be opened and their ears to be opened so that they can see and hear the truth that you have for them this morning. The truth that you love them so much. I pray that your spirit would find freedom here in here this morning. I pray that you would bind Satan. Not allow him to have any freedom in this room. We know that he can't coexist with you. And so we pray that this is the holy ground right now. And that you would just demonstrate yourself and allow us to encounter you in the way that we need to encounter you. Each of us needs to encounter you. And we pray all this and ask all this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.